What's next? Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. You have found the youth edition of our podcast, and we are glad you're here today. My name is Julie Adams. I'm your host, and I'm joined by our youth pastor, Pastor Wes Hillis. Welcome, Pastor Wes. Hi. Glad to have you here today. Glad to be here. Yeah. So... Tell us about uh, what's going on with the youth. Give us a little um, update. Yeah, so this week uh, we're finishing off our regular youth um, and we'll be transitioning into our summer schedule and the different events that we'll be having in summer. Um, So it's going to look a little different. It's not going to be youth every week. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, we're just, we're finishing up this regular year. It's kind of coincides with the school year and yeah. Um, but no, things at youth have been going really well. We've spent the whole night outside uh, yesterday before, you know, the heat warning came and yeah. everything. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really a lot of lots of fun and really looking forward to the summer. Awesome. How can we find out about those special mm-hmm. events that you have going on through the summer? So you can look on our Instagram page, mm-hmm. um, our Facebook page. Yep. Um, the church website on the calendar church website on the calendar each parent should have received an email just about what the summer events are going to look like um and the specific dates that we're doing summer events and yeah there will be the youth will know they have been told many many times um <laughs> they've also been given little tiny pieces of paper that have all of our event mm-hmm. days on them nice and yeah we're just really looking forward to and i hope this is a time where the youth can really connect and bond over just some fun events that we'll be doing Nice. Good. We're looking forward to it. So what are you going to tell us about today? What are we talking yeah, about? So we're going through this message of what's next. Um, this is specifically just uh, one that will be taught to the junior highs. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't one that we're going to be going over the senior highs, um, but maybe one day we will. So I don't want to give too much away right at the beginning. So sure. we're just going to jump right in. Yeah. And how I want to start was actually sharing um, a story. So... When I was just first married, um, I have a friend named Joel. He um, he just loves the game of soccer. He always has played mm-hmm. it every single day of his life. He always goes out and plays, and it's just something he really loved to do. But I started to really get into the soccer, and I wanted to like join a league right away and do everything, and I did this. And what I learned through that is that I was not prepared at all. Ah. I was like... In the sense that when you're playing, you're supposed to be following certain ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I was going in the opposite direction of sometimes. Yeah. And that I like just didn't always understand the tactics and everything we're supposed to be doing. And like it kind of got frustrating for myself, but also for the people around me, uh, especially on the team. So it took some time to actually learn about what I was doing mm-hmm. and to kind of figure out and kind of learn the rules better and to understand it. <clears throat> and the point of that is it doesn't matter even say if I was doing great during that time it doesn't matter how well you do something at a time what matters is what happens if you're running in the wrong direction what happens if you're not say going in the direction that we're supposed to be going in um and that's really the point I want to get through that story that might have been confusing but um I think it'll work for where we're going today so in the midst of all the uncertainty that we have in our world today, Mm -hmm. a question a lot of us are asking is, what's next? 
Yeah. Especially coming out of a time of COVID, of multiple years of lockdown and not really mm-hmm. sure what's going on. What is next? Um, and I believe this is a really good time to recalibrate. Um, the thing we want more than anything is to see the movement of God in our lives. Mm-hmm. We want to see it in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our clubs, in our teams. We want to see it through summer. Um, there's a tendency in Christianity in the church where the church is mainly a bunch of people who sing loud, pray before they eat, they don't drink, they don't do drugs sometimes, and give some money to missions. Mm-hmm. You see, I think God wants more for his people and all throughout the Bible, you hear about these amazing stories where God rescuing people out of their broken and shattered lives, giving, you know, this extravagant grace and mercy and hope and just real answers to life's deepest burdens. And people are changed. I mean, people were really changed. Like sometimes they even have their names changed from this experience. Yeah. But isn't that what we really want? We want that kind of change to happen in our mm-hmm. own lives. So for those paralyzed by fear, they meet the God of the Bible, who is, you know, this idea of the Prince of Peace. Um, for those racked by loneliness, they meet their Heavenly Father, who has adopted them into their family forever. For some of us, with the past, you hear about God's grace that's greater than all of our sin. All these ideas of what we want, you know, to change for us, that we want to be happen for us. So here's the question that we're kind of going to go over today, is how can we see a movement of God in our own lives? Mm. The good news through this question of how do we see this movement in our in, movement of God in our lives, the good news is that Jesus has something to say. I want to take um, all of us to John two. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have your Bibles, follow along. It's great to follow along. Um, where we see a pivotal movement in the life of Jesus, and it all gets started because of a huge wedding fail. Did you have a wedding fail at your wedding? Nope. <clears throat> we had a wedding fail. Um, so we went. We took a limo. Uh, you know, you rent a limo, and we went, we got married, it's wonderful, we're going to Niagara Falls to the Botanical Gardens um, for photos. So we had our photos taken, it was lovely, we hop back in the limo, and we all sit down, and of course I'm in like, you know, the big poofy white dress, and I'm like, guys, it's like seriously hot in here. So we ask the driver, we're like, hey, could you please like crank up the AC, we're melting. He's like, sorry, um, it's not working. And we were like, oh... And we were married August 12th, so it was, like, scorching hot. So we said, can you can we turn down the windows? Like, the windows aren't working. He's like, yeah, nothing, like, electrical is working right now. And we're like, oh, no. So he starts driving, and all of a sudden, the whole limo just went, like, zoom. It shut fully down. And just down. totally stopped. Like, nothing was working. So we hopped out of the limo and stood at the side of the road, and we're like, well, now what? So thankfully, my parents were following the limo because they had all the flowers in the yeah. back of their van. Yeah. So I hopped in the front seat and all the guys hopped in the back of the minivan and like kind of like sat on the floor of the minivan. And the photographer, who was super nice, we didn't really know them, but they you know, were a hired photographer and saw our dilemma and let some of the girls hop in yeah. their vehicle. And so I arrived to my wedding reception in my minivan, my dad's minivan. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, that that is awesome. <clears throat> so what was Jesus' wedding fail that he was attending? Well, first I was going to start by saying, you know, how many of us, and maybe you can think about this, like to watch fail videos. Yeah. Um, and how it can be sometimes fun to watch. Like, um, one of the fail videos I see, it's not a fail video, but it's from a TV show. Like, Ross from Friends. Yeah. When he's about to, you know, get married and says the wrong name and yep. everything. And it's just like, oh. He's funny, yeah. 
Yeah. And <clears throat> it's just what, these wedding fails are just, you know, they're interesting. But it was actually worse in Jesus' day. Mm-hmm. See, as stressful as they can be today, in Jesus' day, weddings were a social status thing. Weddings were a way to show off one's wealth and popularity by throwing the most extravagant parties and inviting the most influential people. And this was the backdrop of Jesus' first miracle. Mm-hmm. See, John 2, verses 1, um, 1 through 3 say, On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. See, this would be a huge problem. Oh, yeah. See, this isn't like running out of like McDonald's like barbecue sauce when you have chicken nuggets, like that kind of problem. Yeah. Um, this so isn't mo- a, like a minor inconvenience. This is, this this is, is a like huge inconvenience. Disaster. This is like the amount of pressure and intensity they would have been feeling and how running out of food and drink would be a major fail mm-hmm. for the groom's family. And the groom's family would have been humiliated in this. So verse four says... Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. Mm -hmm. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. It just so happened that a nearby, that nearby stood a six large stone stone water jars um, that held 20 to 30 gallons each. So verse says, verse six says, um, nearby stood six stones of water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And can you imagine what like, the servants would have been thinking? Like It was probably all along the lines about Jesus. Were, were you listening? She said they are, they're out of wine, not water. We can't serve water, these people. These people would not be happy. Yeah. Um, but they did it, any, they did it anyways. Um, so continuing verse 7. So they filled them with, to the brim. And verse 8 says, then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Again, they listened to Jesus' instructions and did what he said. And verse 9 through 11 says, And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants had drawn, drawn the water new. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then they have cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. In the story, we see three ideas of how we can see of movement of God in our lives. And here's the first. First point to kind of realize. Realize God wants to use you. Mm. See, it's easy to miss, but did you notice who Jesus chose to use in this miracle? Yeah. You expect maybe a king or a celebrity, maybe a general... But no, Jesus used simple workers at a wedding in a small town in Cana to work for his first miracle. Mm-hmm. And when you really think about it, who were the first people to be a part of one of Jesus' miracles? Servants. At the mini- beginning of his ministry, Jesus chose servants. Oh, that's so, that's so interesting. That's beautiful, actually. Yeah. See, these servants who weren't certainly very high on the social ladder to be his partners in this miracle. Now, no one would at this time would have known what Jesus would have become or anything yeah. like this. But just looking back to that, I think it gives a beautiful representation that no matter what, even though Jesus knew all this, mm-hmm. he still chose servants to help him in this. And sometimes I wonder and kind of wish God um, 
would save more athletes and celebrities and billionaires? Like how many hospitals could be funded and wells could be dug and how much could we do for the world if all these celebrities and everything believed? Mm -hmm. But that's the point. Throughout history, God used the most unlikely ordinary people to accomplish his plan. Mm -hmm. I think the reason is that God chose those ordinary chose the ordinary to display his extraordinary his extraordinary love and grace and gospel to a broken and hurting world. So if we thrip to, flip through the Bible, we'll see God specializing in using cowards and murderers, those who cannot speak, mm-hmm. drunks, liars, a donkey, prostitutes, prostitutes, widows, teenagers, mm-hmm. the sick, and even brought a dead guy back to life. Yep. See, in choosing ordinary servants, Jesus reached to those everybody considered to be on the bottom, showing that there were there was no one too broke, too poor, or too insignificant for his movement. Mm-hmm. He, Jesus goes to the marginalized, exactly. the, those on the outskirts, and he brings them in. I love that. So if you're going to see movement of God, it's going to come through most likely us. We're mm-hmm. ordinary people. Yeah. Everyone is or everyone has this ordinary about them. We're all special in a certain way, but everyone has this sense of, well, I'm just another person. I'm a nobody. I feel like everyone has that feeling. Yeah. Well, God sees that feeling. It's like, no, 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 you are somebody and you are going to do amazing and great things. Mm-hmm. For some of us, God wants to use you to reach, say, your soccer team, say, your friend group, your neighborhood, others of you. See, God is gifted us with talents and abilities and place us in places because he wants us to be part of of extending his kingdom here on earth Mm -hmm. it's this idea that even though we go through say hard times or difficult times there's reason for it yeah um we get placed in certain places because god knows that we will do good things there um when i before coming to wayne fleet um I got asked to do Camp Cockpit's day camp that was being hosted here. Yeah, I remember that. And I was really unsure and really didn't want to go and do it. Actually, I was really, I was like, I can do this. I'm not ready for something like this to teach youth for five days in a row. Like, I I don't know, in a different (laughs) place I've never been to. And I got encouraged by, like, Carrie, my wife, she really encouraged me and said, no, I think this is something you should really do. And I said, okay. And I did it, and it was great. And that's where, you know, I got to talk to Renee about the job and everything and kind of started really to work my way down Wayne Fleet and eventually taking the job as youth pastor and running with it now and mm-hmm. but what I learned was there was many people that camp asked before me oh that said no that said no huh. but once I said yes over the next few days all those people came back and said yes interesting and it really made me like view that obvious action of God in my life saying yeah, yeah. no you are going to be the one coming down here because I know you are going to do great things and that's kind of like it makes me feel encouraged and comforted wow. in that and to know that. The second way we are going to see God move in our lives is for us to listen to what Jesus is telling us to do. Mm-hmm. So remember in the story we were just going to go over, um, Mary told the servants to do whatever Jesus told them. With the serv- and what did the servants do? They listened to Jesus. They clearly heard his instructions. He gave them the marching orders. So since through COVID, all the way back to 2022, I think... Yes, 2020, kind of in March, um, I think is where we really started here in Canada. Yep. Um, a lot of people were feeling anxious about this, oh, this new yeah. thing and like, what does this mean? And it changed our whole way of lives. Um, many of us were worried and anxiety popped up. Um, 
It was shocking, right? Like was, life it, is it cruising along and like life someone down. pulled the emergency brake and came to like a screeching halt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, let's be real. A lot of people, instead of spending time in their Bibles or anything like that, spend more time on social media, listening to different influencers around the world, all yeah. have their different opinions on everything that's going on. <clears throat> and see, this can really kind of turn our values or who we are upside down. See, listening to the voice of Jesus recenters our thinking and reminds us who we belong to. Mm-hmm. It reminds us of where our hope lies. It challenges lies that we're tempted to believe. One of the questions I get um, goes some of this. What do I do if, if I'm not getting enough out of my quiet time? Mm-hmm. And that question sounds like one of my like personal questions. I understand that. Um, but it's one that I've often asked. It's like, I'm trying to meet with God and it doesn't seem like it's really happening yeah for most people i know especially for junior highs and i find it hilarious is whenever we do like close your eyes to pray a lot of them would be like i honestly just pictured like star wars in my head and like it's just <laughs> like all right you know yeah um like we had one uh, last thursday where i got them to picture this river and a tree yeah and they're like i did not picture a river and a tree at all i pictured like an airplane and i'm like yeah well all right it's not, not okay, and we just went with it. Um, and it'll probably it'll probably may surprise you that, like, I have ADHD, so this is a struggle for me just yeah. every every minute. Um, and it's really hard for me sometimes to have that quiet time. Um, now I've been in ministry for. I served at Crossroads for about three years and been here for about almost. Not even fully three months yet, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and some, sometimes I sat down with the Bible open and I started to pray and try to think, like, really just focus in for these minutes. Um, and I found myself just not able to focus at all. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what I did, I was unable to focus. Um, and if you've got someone who finds it regularly difficult um, to get something out of quiet time, to kind of have that time where they can focus. I want to encourage um, you with a couple things. Um, and here's the thing you've got to understand. It's really important to maintain the discipline. Mm-hmm. It's really important to, even though there are hard days where you just can't focus at all, to keep up with that habit, to keep up with keep trying to, you know, even though I was I read my Bible today, but I couldn't focus on a word, to keep going for it, to keep trying. Um this is to say that some of the greatest things that happen in our lives are not through these huge dramatic moments, but through long obedience in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's been like for a lot of people in our world today, that through COVID, we spent this long time of waiting. We yeah. were going in the right direction. We were following what we were told to do. We were yeah, doing everything. We stayed home. We washed our hands. We, yeah. Well, now we're in a place where we can be more expressive. We can meet. We can do better things. And I feel like this gives a great example of that we can have this time where we can now, we took that long obedience, mm-hmm. and now we're in a spot where we can celebrate. We can be yeah. joyful. And this kind of works in the same way we're trying to talk about with, with Jesus is that when we keep in with the long obedience mm-hmm. and we keep striving and working in our relationship and keep reading our Bible or praying or whatever we're doing to focus on Jesus, it's that 
we may not have those huge dramatic moments that we hear in some people's testimonies, mm-hmm. but rather we're walking in a relationship with Jesus yeah. and we're growing in a relationship with Jesus. That's one of the most important things is that we keep growing in our relationship. Um, and the last idea I kind of want to go through um, is to recognize that there is work to do. And we think mm-hmm. back to the story that we went through. How did the servants get the water to fill the jars? Did they pull out a hose and fill the clay pots? No. We have to think these servants had to go to a water source like a well, draw it up, carry it, dump it, and then again and again and again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work involved. Yeah. And imagine the amount of work it took for these three servants to fill up these six jars. And scholars tell us that each jars would hold 20 to 30 gallons each. That's a lot. That's a lot. And here's the point. If we are going to see a movement of God, we have to recognize that there is work to do. Mm-hmm. I don't. I dislike this Christian, this worldly Christian idea that we ha- don't have to do absolutely anything, uh, but God's just going to provide for everything. Mm, yeah. I dislike that because I know our relationship with God is a partnership. Yeah. It's how we work in tandem together. There's this idea that, and we've gone over it before, once you become a Christian, that all of a sudden you're on this other side of the wall and everyone else is, you know, over here who doesn't, isn't a Christian. But rather, we're all still over here. We're all still with everyone else. But we're walking slowly all together with Jesus beside each individual one of us. Mm-hmm. Walking towards, you know, God and this sense of being Christian and working out this thing called life. See, when we do this work we work alongside god and we also have to trust god with the results Mm. we've talked about this idea of planting seeds and everything like this before a lot of the time in our work we don't always see the results but that's why we have to trust god in them every time you invest in what jesus tells you to do you're trusting god to do something with it every time you open your bible you're trusting god to speak to us through his word and every time you invite a friend to youth group you're trusting that God is at work in people's hearts. Mm-hmm. So every time you show up early to youth group um, or do anything where you show up early, you're trusting God to do the work and service of the other leaders there as well. Mm-hmm. So let me encourage you to bloom where you are planted. Mm, I like that. So when I was in, when I was a volunteer leader at the Meeting House Kitchener, mm-hmm. um, this is a small group leader. I volunteer based um there was one student in senior high a few years behind me who really wanted to go into ministry work and he you know some people want to do something but they don't have the heart for something yeah it was it was that kind of idea yep so he wanted to be a pastor so he didn't have the people skills to necessarily do that so what we tried to work through was kind of what because he he had this huge heart for ministry and wanting to do this but it didn't really have the people side of it so what ended up happening was he actually helped out with mission trips and admissions oh, nice. work. And he's worked with YWAM now. He's worked mm-hmm. with different organizations and going all over the world and doing these mission trips. But it's this idea that trusting the people around you and trusting that God is working within people. See, we knew he had a huge heart for God and wanted to serve and wanted to do all this. But he was not sure about the trusting with other people. So it took time mm. to work on that. That's idea yeah. of that long obedience again. And at the end of the day, it really just came down to working that out in community. That's what we want to talk about. The idea I want to kind of finish and close with mm-hmm. 
is that for most of us, we will never really know when God is going to tap us on our shoulder or lead us into different directions. And a lot of time that can be scary for people. Yeah. But I want to try and... I think we want to see God's big plan for we us. We do. We want, we want to, to see the end everything. game. Where am I going? Where we am want I going? To, and we how want am to I going to get there? Yeah, like it's like a vacation, right? Like where am I going? How am I going to get there? When will I be back? When's it going to be over? What am I going to, you know? Yeah. We want the details. But with this whole one-off series, this whole idea that we're trying to share is our need to trust mm. in God in our lives. Is that even though we will go through times where we're unsure of the direction we're going in, that God's still in control of that and is leading us through those times into a better day and a better light. Even though sometimes he lead, we get thrown and lead through, led through dark tunnels, there's always a light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. And there's always a glorious day at the end of that. What's the best way, what's your like one hot tip to know that if the thing you're thinking about is the direction God wants you to go, how do you know that? What filter can we pass that See, through? See, I feel like there's a few steps for that. Sure. I feel like you have to feel that pull inside your heart. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is you have to go to a community of people around you and you kind of relate it back to scripture. Mm-hmm. You want, you, we should always relate it back to the message of Jesus. And is this something that you know we feel like God would really pull someone to or lead someone to? And you do that in community. You don't do that by yourself. You do that mm-hmm. with a group of people, people who can trust and who look out for you and care for you. And if they're all feeling the same thing, like, yeah, I really feel like God is leading you in that direction. I think that that's a huge encouragement and mm-hmm. affirming. And I think from there, maybe talk to like a pastor or someone who does have really good biblical knowledge, um, just as a final thing, and just be like, I really feel like God's calling me into this. And I've talked about it with other people, but I really want to hear from, say, someone who is a pastor or something. And I think that's really important because when you have pastors who have the experience of walking through life of other people, They've seen and been there and done that before. Mm-hmm. And just the chance to be able to do that again, I think, would help encourage someone to know that they've had that experience. Yep. Um, so those would be like the three steps. You really have to gauge it in your heart first. Go into community community of people who care and love and support you. And finally, I would say go to your pastor. And through all of this, we should be praying through. Mm-hmm. Just really praying because it may be something that we just desire internally or it's something that God is leading us through. Yeah, mm, that's good. Yeah. That's good advice on how to sort that out. Did you have a closing thought, or um, does that wrap it up? No, for that today? wraps it up for today. Awesome. Well, if you'd like to talk with Pastor West, if you have any questions, or you miss the email about what's going on with youth, or you just want to drop him a line to say, "Hey, we're glad you're here at Waynefleet," you can reach him at west at waynefleetbic.com. And my email address, if you'd like to get in touch with me, is julie at waynefleetbic.com. So thank you for tuning in today, and we look forward to connecting with you again next week. Have a great week. Bye.